This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. Are you thinking about doing your own podcast, but you don't know how? Well, have you heard about Anchor? It's actually the platform that I'm hosting through this right now. And yes, it's free. Not only is it free, it's super easy to use. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so much more. It's really that easy. And guess what? You can actually make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's a big deal. So it's really everything you need in one place to make an amazing podcast. All you have to do is download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. And it's like, damn, bro, like, where the fuck is the, the rage? Where the fuck is the anger? Like, Where is that? It's hard. It's hard to watch. Like, in five, four, three, two, one. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Genius Brain Podcast. We have one of the most highly requested guests on this podcast. It's China Mac. I've been fucking with this dude for a long time. Super heavy. I got super sad when you said you were going to quit music. <laughs> when you announced that shit, I was like, yo, what the fuck is going on? Right. Especially because when you drop that track, that's actually probably my favorite track that you that you drop. Not that tough. It's a little different from what you right. normally yeah, did. Yeah, 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 yeah. But that shit was a fucking banger. Right. And like, uh, I, w- I was shocked when you kind of came out and you're like, yo, I'm, I'm done with music. I didn't want to do it anymore. Um, I mean, just to get into that part, what was going on at the time when you were? <sighs> you know, it's, it's, it's tough, you know, um, because... I don't do anything else besides, you know, like entertainment, you know, mm-hmm. music and content. And um, I, I'm independent. I do everything myself. So, you know, I bust my ass. I make music. I spend countless hours, mm-hmm. days, months, weeks in, in the studio. Um, And then, you know, everybody gets paid before the artist, you yeah. know. Um, the producer gets paid before the artist, the studio, the engineer, the artwork and then that's just you know video and and then that's just to make the music right mm-hmm. and because just because you make the music doesn't mean you automatically start making money you know yeah now you need marketing now you need this you need that you need to pay to be on here and be so that that becomes like a lot of money and a lot of times we don't have enough money for the marketing we have enough money to make the music to make the videos and that's expensive you know it could go to like five six k for a video you know one of my videos and um if it doesn't stream millions of times you know we don't get any money like that you know a thousand streams equals to four dollars yeah so it's like i was just i I did the song not that tough i'm like okay this is a really good song this is like party song like this you could play this anywhere this is gonna go it drops it does nothing you know like the video does nothing Nobody puts it up, like no no support nowhere, you know? So I'm just like I was just really uh you know, just just I was um like disappointed. Disappointed, yeah, I was disappointed. And I was just like, you know what the fuck? Like I'm 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 doing everything around it just to get money for music to and I keep on doing it and doing it and doing it and it's not making me no money. I'm still in the red and I have to do other things 
just to make just to pay the money back. So I was just one day I came from the studio and you know the video released and it didn't even do like 10k in a day and I'm just like you know fuck it you know what I'm saying and I went on my live and I was just like yo I quit you know yeah. and then and then I just kept on saying it you know and then I took off all my music and I was just like you know what fuck it because I don't feel like I'm being appreciated you know what I'm saying when I put so much into it and then um I was really about to quit I was I really like, I didn't just say it like, I really wanted to quit because it's like you know, when you don't get appreciated for something that you do, you know, it's just, you know, it's it's, it's it's disheartening. So I was just like, you know what, fuck it. And then I kept on talking about it. And then um, I went on live and, and one of my brothers was like, yo, you know, um, Shooter, shout out to Shooter93. He's like, yo, bro, you know, you shouldn't quit music. Maybe you should think about um, just directing your 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 audience like you know concentrating on your core audience i'm like where and he's like yo i don't i never i don't have no music on spotify itunes or nothing i spell i sell my music directly to my fans and i made six figures last year off of just music that's crazy so i'm just like what and he's like yeah bro you know try it out so i tried it out and i'm in 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 one week i made more money than i made in a whole year isn't that crazy? Or music. That's you know crazy. What I'm saying like music versus streams versus selling directly to my consumer. I made more mu- more money in one week than I made in a whole year of streaming music. That's fucking wild, dude. So I was just like, you know, all right, I don't need to quit now. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Because now I have an audience. I have, I have a, you know. So instead of chasing, you know, people like more people and chasing the industry. And chasing people to accept me. I was just like, yo, there's a shitload of people that already fuck with me, you know? Yeah, there's, there's a general rule that people talk about. It's like the rule of a thousand versus a million, right? Right. So you, you focus on like the, the fan base that really fucks with you heavy. Those are the people that will, you know, they're hardcore. Like they'll, they'll literally die for you if you ask, you know? Right. And I think a lot of the times what happens is because we're so used to trying to grab everybody's attention, we kind of forget to focus on the people that really fuck with us. Right. And those people are, are, are out there. You see them in the comments, you see everything else. They just don't know how to do it besides running up the numbers on YouTube and Spotify. But when you have like, let's say 10,000 people and they do that, it doesn't really do much. I, I think like the the hard part for fun, uh, some people on the outside to look at it, right? They're like, well, you're, you're a fucking rapper. Of course you make a lot of money, but they don't see all the hands that it takes to make a great product, right? Right. And so like, for example, when people are like, yo, why don't you do more sketches? It's like, yo, who the fuck's going to pay these people? <laughs> like, like, YouTube doesn't, I, I can't monetize off of YouTube anymore. Like, it doesn't make me money. Like, right. before it was fine, I could pay somebody 600 to to $1,000 to make a video because I'll get the return back and then some. But when that doesn't happen, I'm just making these videos, which is fun, but I have bills to pay. Right. And that's you the weird it. part yeah. where they're like, you know, they say things like sell out, whatever. It's like, but you're not paying my bills. Right. <laughs> so, like, if, you, if you're, a, so that's like me saying, hey, you're a, a, a mechanic, you know, and you love making cars. You love fixing cars. I mean, like, so fix my car for free. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? And if you don't, you're a sellout. If you want money, you're a fucking sellout. Yeah. Like, it just doesn't make sense. It applies, like, people are so conditioned to not pay mm-hmm. for content and music that, you know, they forget that artists have to eat too. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They forget that we also have car notes. Mm-hmm. We also have family to feed. Yeah, we also have appetites ourselves. We like, you know, 
besides what you guys, you know, pro- like, you know, some, some of y'all might look at us like superhuman beings. Yeah. But we need to eat like steaks and chicken and <laughs> yeah, rice yeah. and, you know, soup and shit too. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's kind of crazy, right? Cause I, I know a little bit about your backstory, right? Right. Not, not too much, but it's cause after, you know, prior to what you were doing before with the whole gen thing that went down, right? And yeah. your incarceration, like, like I, I grew up a lot of homies who who were kind of doing a lot of the like, dirt and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. I was never about that life. I was, I was, I was not that kid. I couldn't imagine what it's like being incarcerated. Like that has been like my biggest fear, right? right? As a kid, just because I learned early on that if you, if when I was hanging out with people that were doing bad things, it didn't matter if I was a good kid or not. If you're involved in that area, you everybody gets a hit on you. That's just is what it is. Right. Like when I was a kid, I learned that real fast. Just kicking with a group of people that did some dirt. They saw me there and they went after me too. And I was just a fucking church kid, you know, just because I grew up around these people. I'm like, Hey, I'm not, that's not me. They didn't give a fuck anymore. So it scared me. So, I mean, you, how long was your bid for? Um, the last bit. Yeah. The last bit. 10 years, three months and 20 days, I think. That's fucking crazy, man. Yeah. How did you keep your sanity? Like 10 years. I mean, you know, um, It's, you know, when we, let's say, what do you do that's like people like, do you, do you do anything that people are like, oh my God, I would never do that. Like, you know, like. Stand up. (laughs) Stand up. Maybe. I mean, do you run by any chance? Do you do anything like. I do kickboxing. Kickboxing. Yeah. You go into a ring and fight. I heard you say that. Right. People, some people would be like, I would never. And probably before you got into the ring, you were probably like scared shitless. Like, you know, you have nervous and shit. So, but once you did it, you're like, okay, mm-hmm. I could do it, you know? And then you keep on doing it and you, you understand that, hey, you, you know, you, you, you actually can do more than you actually give yourself credit for. So I'm not trying to equate like going to prison as like, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. kickboxing. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. what I'm saying is like, you know, sometimes we say, oh, I would never be able to do that. Right. Mm-hmm. And I was one of those people, like 10 years, I was like, I was thinking about killing myself. Like, you know, um, but then once I started doing it, it was just like, I, right. you know, but the 10 years wasn't my first time in prison. Okay. You know, it wasn't my first time in the system. Like I was kind of like seasoned already. Like I had did juvenile time. I had did like, you know, a year here, two years, like 18 months here. Oh, goddamn. Yeah. yeah. So like, you know, ever since I was a kid, you know, so I was already kind of like prepped for it. And I feel like, you know. These juvenile systems and like you know a lot of the kids are prepped. They're they're, they're incubators, like you know, mm. like they're prepped for prison, mm. you know. And I feel like, um, yeah, I actually been in the system since I was a kid, so I can actually see like you know, as a kid, eight years old, you know, going into my first juvenile detention center, like group home or something. I could see how the system actually prepped me for prison, you know. Um and once I did the once they gave me the ten years I was just like I right. you know it, it it seemed like a long time but once I started doing it it was just like right. I I mean for, for people who don't know like what's what's that like like what's I mean I only know stories right because some of like the some like the older homies like the OGs like going to prison was a rite of passage like this right. is something you had to do you go in you come back you you're you're better for it people respect you more for it so right. when you do a bid for a couple of years it's just like yeah no shit <laughs> you know. But for you, it being in that system, only because now I see, 
when, when we hear about somebody's past, it's easy for for us to kind of kind of put somebody into a box, right? And then we see you you speak online, you you talk about a lot of uh, like Asian hate and everything else like that. You're very well spoken. How, how does how did you how do you go from from this life to the next, right? Because being being in prison is something else. Like some people go in, go, they get incarcerated for ten years. They're a different human being, right? In the worst way possible. But mm-hmm. you seem to have come out of that better, right? Um, well, I use my time wisely. You know, like I, I I didn't just like you know some people when you go to prison you can either turn it into, um, you could turn it to it could be a prison where it's like you know you become either the same person or worse when you walk out or you can turn it into a university mm. right because like you know what there's no other university better than a prison right and the reason why i say that is because if you are focused and if you want to change and if you want to learn and if you you know you know if you're just serious about it there's no college in the world that can teach you more, yeah. Because you have all the time, you know. Like, like even if you go to the best college in the world, right? You have good teachers, you know, exactly, right? De- definitely. But you don't have all of the time, you know. Like, in, when you do ten years, you have every day, every minute. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you can read whatever books you want. You can read it ten, twenty, thirty, forty, fifty times. You know, you could spend a whole year reading the same book mm. you know what i'm saying and 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 you know i did that like i didn't spend the whole year reading the same book but i read one book like at least a hundred times before you oh know? shit so it's like i had the time to prep myself when you're in college you're you're studying right but you have a shitload of other things to worry about you know you got to worry about you know partying you got to worry about girlfriends you got to worry about your cars and Whatever else you you in prison, you don't have anything to worry about. Mm. It's just whatever you want to worry about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. like you don't have to pay car note. You don't have to pay rent. Mm. You don't have to do any of that. You don't have that like um, responsibility. Your responsibility is solely just to stay alive, stay out of trouble, and study and do whatever you know work. Or you can do the opposite and spend your time getting in trouble and like you know doing drugs and. Because one thing about prison, there's a shitload of drugs available for you. At oh, every really? Turn. Hell yeah. You know, shitload of drugs. There's a lot of people that I know that turn into drug addicts that weren't drug addicts before. That never oh, even shit. tried heroin or whatever else, you know, it was being used in prison. But in prison, they turn into that, you know, because it's available, you know. So um, I just chose to use my time to not turn into a heroin addict or not become more of a criminal than I already was, you know, and just I I decided to use my time to become a better person because, you know, like there's one thing about like getting doing prison time, but there's another thing about like, you know, we're Asian, right? Mm-hmm. So like family is a big thing, you know? So there's another thing about like having your mother come on a visiting floor and crying and looking at you like, oh, you, shit. you know, yeah. you have to change, you know? And that really did a toll on me and I had time to think about it. And I'm just like, you know, fucking up. Like, you know what I mean? I'm killing my mother slowly. You know what I'm saying? Everybody gave up on me except for my mother. So it was like, wow, what the fuck am I going to do? Am I going to just like be a fucking degenerate in here? Or am I going to just do something about this? 
So I decided, you know, they got college courses, you know, they got this, they got that. Fuck it. I'm going to just spend my time doing that. So the first like two, three years, I was getting in trouble. I was fucking up, you know, like mm. I was going in and out the box, you know, I cut a couple people. I got cut myself. You know, I stabbed a couple people. I did a bunch of, you know, I was just in that, like, because I was just like, you know what, fuck it. But then, like, you know, reality hit me. This podcast is brought to you by Blue Chew, my friends. Fellas, I know there are some of y'all out there that don't feel like a stallion in the bedroom. Well, guess what? No more. Because, Mr. Floppy Man, you don't have to be ashamed of it. It's all good because I got the solution for you. And that solution is Blue Chew. As the great rapper Jay-Z once said, If you're having penis problems, I feel bad for you, son. I got 99 problems, but Blue Chew ain't one. Hit me. Ha ha ha. Hey, he never said that, but, but, but you know what I'm talking about. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable form. And at a fraction of the cost, Blue Chew's tablets help men achieve harder, stronger erections to combat all forms of ED. Blue Chew is an online prescription service, so no visit to the doctors to make it all awkward. We don't want those awkward conversations, and I hate it. And waiting in line at the pharmacy is a biatch, and it ships right to your door so you don't have to worry about it. It's in the discreet package son how dope is that listen we've got a special deal for listeners try blue chew for free when you use our promo code brain at checkout just pay five dollars for shipping that's it that's bluechew.com promo code brain to receive your first month free and we thank blue chew for sponsoring our podcast and i'm just like i don't want to die in prison because i'm seeing 50 year old people come into prison with a brand new number god 50 damn. years old and you're coming in with five years six years Years. It's like the last few years of your life. Right. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. I'm, I'm just looking at these people. They're taking out their fucking teeth and they're putting it on the dresser. And I'm just like, damn, dude. <laughs> the fuck? Yeah. It's like, yo, shit. Is this my fucking future? Like, this is my future. No. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know, so oh, shit. I was just like, you know, I can't, I can't, I can't go out like this, man. And you know, my mother pleaded with me, you know? She pleaded with me. She begged me. And I was just like, you know, I I'm gonna try my best. So I I did my I, I used my time wisely, you know. And I came out, and I'm not gonna say I'm the perfect person. Nobody is, but you know I'm doing my best, and I've been doing pretty good so far. Yeah, well, you know, with um, well, so how did is so you mine? Yeah, sure. All right, cool. So how did your uh? What about your father? How about your like your 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 parental figures? I know your mother helped you out a lot, but what about your dad? Was your dad around for you when you were younger, or nah? My dad wasn't. I mean, he was for a first couple, like, maybe four years. Mm -hmm. But even then, he wasn't really there. You know what I'm saying? Mm. I grew up in the uh, 80s. Uh, for anybody who doesn't know about, like, New York gang, Chinese gang culture, uh, my father was a major figure in the Flying Dragons gang. Oh, shit. Like, he was number two, man. And oh shit! And the Flying Dragons, and this was in the seventies, eighties, when it was like you know real here, right? <laughs> yeah. So um, you know they were they were a part. Uh, if I don't know if you know, but Machine Gun Johnny, have you ever? Heard of yes. Him? So Machine Gun Johnny was actually uh, like he was my uncle, like not my real uncle, but he was, okay. like, was my like, uncle, oh, like you know yeah. he was, and he was my father. My my father was his right hand man. Jesus. And, um, you know, I watched all that shit as a kid, you know, like, you know, I seen dead bodies when I was like 
a kid lying on the street. I seen like, you know, I just seen it. I seen a lot as a kid. And um, my father basically, you know, went to prison. He got caught up and he basically gave uncle, uh, he gave um, Machine Gun Johnny in, you know, he, he, he told on Machine Gun. He became an informant, you know. Oh, shit. Yeah, and uh, you know that was something that I had to deal with as a kid, and since ever, since then, like, cause I when I grew up, like coming up, me, I was royalty in Chinatown, like New York City Chinatown. I was royalty as a kid, like everywhere I walked, people like, I mean, people damn near threw rose petals at my feet, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. because it, of who my father was and who he was aligned to, and you know, the the power they had in Chinatown at the time. And so when he did that, when he became a, a, a 2-5, which in Chinese, that's what we call yim jai, you know what I'm saying? Uh, he, when he became a rat, um, it changed. Yeah. You know? uh, uh, I, we weren't royalty no more, you know? And um, my mother, you know, I, I saw first... My mother did a really good job in like, you know, and taking care of me and also like preserving his name to me. But I saw firsthand how that affected my mother and how it affected our family oh, and man, how it affected that is me. Nuts. You know, and we could have died, bro. Like, you know, like like people could have killed us because of what he did, not mm-hmm. because of what I did or what my mother did. And uh yeah, so that that relationship ended there, you know. And I it probably It'll probably like I don't know where he's at now, but I'll probably die, like like with that relationship being ended there, you know. So my parental guidance was my mother and the streets. That must have been hard for your mom. She had to deal with a lot then. Well, shout out to my mother, yo. Yeah, that's that's crazy. I had no idea. Wait, but you wait what? But you weren't a part of your dad's gang then. After that, no. I, wait, I, you were. Wait, what? What? What gang were you in? Ghost Shadow. So you wait. Isn't that the rival? Yeah. Yeah. How that work out? Wait, how how that work out? Uh, because I was just like you know, I didn't want anything to do with my dad. You know, oh, and he was flying dragons. I didn't want to be in the gang that he told on everybody. Yeah, what the yeah, fuck? Yeah. Like, yeah. So I joined a rival gang, and um, I just said, you know what. I'm going to just, like, be opposite from what my father was, right? And, you know, that's what happened. That's crazy, man. Right. I mean, that's a that's a pretty strong move for, for a young person. What what age did you join uh, Ghost Shadows for? I was first year in junior high school, so I was maybe, like, uh, uh, 12. 15. They took you in even though they knew who your dad was? They recruited you? They didn't know at first. Oh, okay. They didn't know. They were just recruiting people in junior high schools. Okay. Right, so people would come to the junior high schools and pick people up. And come up to kids, and so this this dude that was in junior high school. I mean, he was actually a senior in, in junior high school. I was, I just started first year, and um, I was wild, <laughs> like yeah. you know, it was like you know, it was it, it was I was in special ed, special education for like behavioral problems mm. and shit, and it was all black kids in my class, and you know, I was wild, you know, like and he seen that the the Asian person that was in. The Asian kid that was in the gangs already, he was in um he was in a senior like you know the he was about to graduate and he comes up to me one day after school and he's like, Yo, you want to uh 
actually, I wasn't in school. I ran away from home. And I was just in front of school, just like hanging out and shit. And I was like staying at my one of my black friends' like house, like stay, sleeping in his closet and shit. And the dude comes up to me and he's like, "Yo, you you wanna um, you wanna you you wanna chill at the apartment?" And I'm like, "Apartment? What apartment?" He's like, "You know, you get you get the smokes, free cigarettes, free food, free free." You could sleep there and all that. And I'm just like, damn. And me, I'm going from sleeping underneath beds, going from sleeping in closets, going from sleeping like, you know, sleeping on staircases until my friend's mother goes to work, you know, sleeping in train stations Jeez, as a kid. Yeah. You know, I'm just like, hell yeah. Like a, <laughs> it's like, yo, a roof, like, a bed and food. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. I'll do it. Yeah. So I said, hell yeah. So I went down to Chinatown. <laughs> and, you know, Chinatown. So for a good amount of years, I was removed from it because, you know, my mother, because we were hiding from Chinatown. Like, you know, we were looked at as, like, enemies. You know what I'm saying? For a lot of people. But shout out to Machine Gun Johnny because he, people would have killed us, bro. People would have killed my mother and, my, and, and me. No problem. You know? But he told the gang members, leave them alone. They don't have anything to do with it. You know, wow. Now, I don't know where that man is right now, but when I was in prison, he was writing me and shit. You know what I'm saying? He's a good man, bro. Like he's a good man. And um, I was just, you know, I had stayed away from Chinatown for a long time. So me coming back as a, in, from junior high school, uh, I, I joined the Bayard Street Go Shadows. Okay. And uh, and yeah, and it was you know nobody really knew who I was at first. <laughs> yeah. But then, like probably, like it's probably so like a couple of weeks that people like start saying like, "Oh, that's this kid's son," and I'm, and people just started noticing and shit, you know. And I was just like, "Fuck, yeah," you know, like I gotta prove myself, you know what I'm saying? Like, so you know, back then they used to recruit really young kids, like even like ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, and they recruited these kids because. They knew that these kids wouldn't get in trouble, so we could hold the guns and we wouldn't get tried like, you know, adults. So, you know, they had a bunch of kids in there. Like when I went in the in the apartment, they had an apartment for the adults, and they had the like, you know, the older, and they had an apartment for the kids. I went into an apartment for the kids, and uh, I was just like, you know what? A lot of these kids were scared too, you know. So I was just like, you know what? I'm just gonna be the the wildest motherfucker, God damn. just to prove like yeah. everybody that I'm not like my father, you know. Yeah. So every time there was a drill, like there was something going on, I would hold the gun and I shoot that shit. You know what I'm saying? I wouldn't give a fuck, yeah. <laughs> like, you know. Like, I mean, you had a chip on your shoulder. I you had know? a chip. I had a huge chip on my shoulder. I had something to prove, and um, I just like you know did did whatever, you know. It's crazy. Like, I feel like when, when you tell these stories, right, like I, it's crazy because I've heard about a lot of like the Chinese mafia and gang stuff from 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 uh, East Coast, just from like the West Coast homies here. Right. Because right. a lot of people understand that stuff started out East Coast, moved over to Chinatown in San Francisco and then kind of bled out everywhere else. Right. right. So people don't know the origins. Like even some of these young cats, they don't know that the gangs they're in started over there first. Right. It's mafia shit. hundred years ago, whatever, whatnot, when Chinese immigrants first came here. 
And so like hearing this stuff is wild to me, right? Like even the names, like this is stories that I've heard of, but you're so close to it. It's so odd to me. Right. You know what I mean? And, you know, when I, when I hear a lot of like conversations about, you know, because we hear it a lot about like Asian men being weak. This is this. They haven't seen the Asian people we grew up with. It's like it's such an odd conversation to hear because when you hear about these like the the like when you were a young kid, right? When they would do the recruiting stuff, the young people were always the most scariest ones of all because they always had to prove themselves. Right. They were the ones that are strapped up. If some shit went down, the young kids were the first one that stands up, and they're the one that flashed their piece. Right. So it was always fucking frightening. Like I still remember the first time I was at a party and I just got invited because I grew up with these kids, but I wasn't a part of the gang. <laughs> I just had a house party. Some shit went down. Everybody stood up, flashed their piece. I was like, "Yo, what the fuck is going on?" It was frightening shit. Right. And these are usually like the Asian male figures that I grew up around. Right. So when you hear this rhetoric of like the submissive, quiet Asian, it's like, right. mm, well, maybe you didn't grow up around the same Asian people we grew up around. You right. know, it's a different story, you know? Right. Especially for you in your life, you know, like I, it, it's kind of crazy. Like, like your backstory is so fascinating to me. Like just to see somebody who ha- kind of grew up disadvantaged in a way. Right. Right. Like you, you grew up on the other side right? <laughs> and for you to be able to take your time in prison and kind of come out of it. And maybe it's because your mother figure in life who kind of really begged you said like, Hey, like you can't live like this. Like I want you to get better. Was she would, was she the main reason for your change then? Absolutely. If she wasn't there, I would have been a different person. You know, I probably died in prison or something. I probably came home and like, you know, chose to do something else. Yeah. You know, but you know she 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 stuck through me like she stuck with me only person that really did that really did you know and uh yeah she's absolutely the uh the person to you know give credit to for the change that's crazy isn't it though it's like everybody else disappears and that one one important person in your life can really kind of set forth like a positive change because even in my life like my my dad and i didn't really get along but my mom was the one that always was like pushing me like you can do what you want like i like i believe in you you can push it and everybody else like you know when an asian kid like a korean kid wants to do comedy for a living instead of going to college like like, they're like what the fuck are you doing (laughs) you know you're not gonna (laughs) you know fucking idiot (laughs) then my mom's like you know what just just say yes but do what you want you know, like, because she always gave me the best advice. She goes, after after everything's said and done, your dad's going to die, I'm going to die, and you're going to be left with your personal choices. That's it. Like He's gangster. Yeah, like, you have nothing else. Like, when I'm gone, are you going to live by the life that I told you to live and then you're unhappy? Just be happy. Do what you want. You know, just be smart about your shit. And so I decided to pursue what I wanted to do. And it's so great that our that our mother figures are so strong enough to do that. That's why I always had a problem when like people would talk about like, oh, Asian women are like super submissive and weak. I was like, well, you never saw my mother. Right. <laughs> you know, she was the one always holding it down. My mom was a gangster. <laughs> I seen my mom fucking, a lot of my aggression comes from my mom. <laughs> Shit. I, I seen my mom like as a kid, she came out of the car with like a fucking, uh, uh, the club. You remember the oh club? my god! <laughs> and she's fucking like you know fighting people with the club like bro rage. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking wild, man. Yeah. So yeah. How, how'd you how'd you start going from this like out of prison? And were you working on music while you were doing your bid for like ten? Yeah, years? Yeah, I was always like into music and shit. You know, like as a kid, it was really like being like the only Asian kid in a group home. In a in a in a juvenile detention center, uh, I had to find something to like you know, like 
to just like relate to the kids that was there because they were all like I mean, black kids and shit. Yeah, I mean, because you could rap. Like, right. it's, it's not like some shit where it's like, like everybody got a different taste for rap or whatever, but you could like rap, rap. Right, yeah. And it my, was a little. My rap comes from like older school. Like, mm-hmm. you know, the first hip hop person that I really listened to was Coogee Rap. And okay. I'm pretty sure like a lot of people that's watching this podcast don't even have an idea what Coogee Rap is. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. Like KRS One, mm-hmm. like, you know, around that time. So, like, you know, my music comes from that cloth of rapping. Like, you know. Because, like, the difference is, too, is, like, from what I see in your music, too, especially when I saw you drop Not That Tough, like, you have an understanding of music. It's not just, like, you know, real rap raw where you're just going off lyrics, lyrics, lyrics. Like, you wrote a dope hook. It made sense. And the the music rhyme scheme is really good, which is actually something people don't understand. There's a lot of people who can rap, but there's a lot of people who can't create music, though. Right. Those are two separate things. Like, you'll hear dudes who can freestyle like crazy, but you put them on a track and they don't know how to make a song. I mean, for you, like, how did you get to understand music so well? I don't know. It's just like, I've been around it for a while, you know? So, like, my type of hip-hop is, like, different than a lot of young people's hip-hop because my hip-hop came from, like, New York and it it was like around that time, like I wasn't around when New York, like when hip hop was founded, but it wasn't that far away, you know. Yeah. So like, I was I come from that lineage of hip hop, that like real true lyricism, hip hop, like you know how to tell a story with 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 hip hop, with music, and how to like you know. So that's where I learned my music, and you know that's how I you know it's carry through all the way all this time and I, I decided to do music because it's like you know i was in prison i was just like oh well what am i going to do when i get out of prison like you know once i reached my like sixth year i'm like damn i got like four more years to go you know i'll probably be i'll be home soon so what am i going to do like you know yeah am i going to work for somebody and i know what type of character like you know what type of person i am I was just like, damn, I don't like working for people because I hate listening to these fucking officers telling me to fucking sweep the floor, <laughs> like fucking, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, do this, do that. And it was like, you know, and I knew that if I were to like come home and work for somebody, I probably would end up going back to prison because I probably end up doing something else. So I was just like, you know, I love doing music and I was known throughout prison for rapping and shit. Like every jail I went to, people knew me oh, as shit. like the fucking... The rapper, the Asian rapper. <laughs> I used to battle people in the middle of this, the, the fucking yards. And, you know, you can fact check me. Like, you know, there's people that, like, that talks about it. Like, I used to battle people, like, in the yards. And the whole fucking yard would stop and just watch this battle. You know, That's like, people wild. Stop, would stop playing basketball. The officers would stop whatever they're doing. And the whole yard would just come around us. In the middle, like, and me just in the middle battling somebody. And I'll be like, you know what? I'll battle you for your sneakers, you know? And if and if I win, you got to take your sneakers off and your socks. <laughs> and you got to walk back. Yeah. You got to walk back to your house, you know, not to your, to your cell block barefoot. And it, it wasn't like a walk, like, you know, like a one minute walk. Yeah. It was like walk up a tunnel, walk upstairs, walk up a hallway, walk up, yeah. you know, in the block, walk up galleries and stairs and shit like that. Yeah. It was like a long walk. 
<laughs> it's probably like a fucking 15, 20 minute walk. <laughs> damn. Barefoot. And, and your boy China Mac used to make people walk barefoot back to their fucking selves. That's crazy, man. Yeah, I lost too, you know. But <laughs> you had to make that walk too, but it is what it is. No, I never made that walk. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I would just say, yo, I got 10 fucking packs of Newports for your sneakers or something. Yeah, shit. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and a lot of people didn't have like 10 packs of Newports or 20 packs of Newports. But if you didn't have, you know, cigarettes, then I, I'll battle for you for your shoes, you know? Yeah. Like, what's up? And then I used to love that shit. That shit used to like make my fucking. Used to make my fucking dick hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just tight, man. I mean, you definitely, I think that's the cool thing. It's like creative people can always figure out a way to make their lives entertaining. Right. And, and, and like if you were in that position, I think that you would be able to find a way through it by your jokes. You know? <laughs> I hope so. I'm not trying to get fucked with. No, like. <laughs> I'm just saying like, you oh, know, God. like we find our way. We use yeah. our like creativity to find a way. You know what I'm saying? I use my music and shit, you know? And, um... Yeah, so right. I mean, you know, like for your whole life, like, do you do you ever regret certain choices that you've made in the past? Like, I only ask this because you know this is a question that a lot of people ask me, right? They go like, "What are some of your regrets?" And sometimes I feel it's hard to say because a lot of these mistakes that we make kind of make who we are now, right? Like the stories that we have, the things that we get to share, and sometimes, in my personal opinion, you need some people to make those mistakes for you so you don't have to make it yourself. Right. You know? I just regret the time because mm. you can't get that back, you know? Yeah. So, like, I regret, like, you know, I spent my whole 20s in prison. Mm. I can never get those 20s back, you know? So, yeah, I learned a lot during those years, but also I can never, like, you know, I'll never know what it's like to, like, be a kid on college campus or, like, you know, even though I did experience it a little bit, but not really. I wasn't the kid on campus. I went to somebody else's college or what. But uh, I would never know how that feels. And I would never know, you know, certain things. So my whole 20s was just in prison. So that's the only thing that I regret, like, that I wasted time that I would never, like, get back, you know. And that that's it. Other than, other than that, like, I learned a lot, you know. Like, I am who I am because of what I went through. So I don't regret that. Yeah. Yeah. Was it was it crazy for you when you did that video with with Jen? Like when you when you dropped that video, I was like, "Yo, what the fuck?" Right. <laughs> you know, because that that's that's some wild shit to me. Because I I actually didn't know what the whole what you what you did what you did your bid for. I didn't know right. what it was about. Right. And then when you dropped that video, it it was I can't remember it too well now. But like it was, but you weren't there for Jen. It was for something else. It just happened that way. Right. Yeah, I didn't know Jen was gonna be there. You yeah. Know? Um. Yeah, it just I didn't know Jim was gonna be there, but when I saw him, you know, due to other circumstances, and you guys can watch the video. Yeah. Like, I don't want to sit here and just tell the whole thing, but you guys can watch the uh, the interview with me and Jim where I talk about the whole thing. Me and Jim talks about the whole thing, but it was just a fucking a fucked up situation, you know, for everybody, you know. Um, and I made a decision that night that changed my life, you know, that changed everybody's life and that, that was involved. And, uh, you know, it was just, it was just, I'm blessed, you know, I'm blessed because I didn't kill him. Yeah. 
if I killed him, I will, I probably wouldn't be sitting here right now, or I'd probably be out like maybe in like another ten years. Yeah. Right. Uh, but I didn't kill him, but I did try to kill him. You know, like I wanted to kill him. I don't know why. You know, but I was I was aiming for his head. I tried to shoot him in his head. The gun jammed, and I ended up shooting him in his back, which you know didn't uh, kill him. And this wasn't Jim. This was you know his partner. I mean, somebody that he was with that day. And uh, I look at that and I'm like, fuck. Like, it was so easy for me to kill him. Like, it was, what the fuck? Like, I had that shit. I had the gun pointed to the back of his head, like where the top of the spine is. Oh, shit. And I pressed it. And uh, he ain't died. Like, the gun jammed. (laughs) Oh, that's luck right there, man. Like, that that would have been the one thing that would have changed your whole life completely, even even past right. that ten year bid. That's crazy. Right. I I would have did like twenty five to life, so I probably be getting out like you know maybe in like you know another eight years if if yeah if I had twenty five to life, I damn sure wouldn't have been going to college and shit. I would have been really like I would have made my name in prison, and I, like, it would have made point, me right? do like another five, eight years, ten years. Yeah. So that twenty five to life would have probably turned into thirty five. Can you imagine yourself like being that type of person again? Because you seem so different now, right? Like you've 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 learned your lessons, you've kind of like upgraded your life. When you look back at something like that, how does that make you feel? It makes me feel like, you know. I mean, it makes me feel like, damn, I fucked up, you know. And I, I did shit that really didn't, it didn't call for, but that was my life. At the time, people were stabbing me and shit, like shooting at me, like, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. like you know, like I, I didn't, I, I shot, that wasn't the, you know, that wasn't the first violent incident I had, you know, but, but way before I even shot or stabbed anybody, I was shot and stabbed. I was shot at and stabbed, like, you know, so like, you know, and then, and fucking, I was just like, yo, it's either me or them. The fuck? And it's not going to be me. <laughs> the yeah, fuck? Yeah. Fuck, it's not going to be me. So I'm going to just, I'm going to do my thing, you know? And that's how I was living for a long time. What was the first time you got, you got shot? Um, I got shot. Well, I got shot at the first time was, I don't know. I was in a group home in Bronx, in the Bronx. And I was like, you know, we was in a part of the Bronx called Gun Hill, Gun Hill Road. Like, so more towards like uh, one area, but then we walked to them. So everybody in the group home walked to the movie theater uh, by, what's it called? It was called, um, I forgot, but it was like a mall, like a mall area where the movie theater was. And we had to walk probably like 30 minutes, 40 minutes to get there. And people noticed, I guess they saw, you know, somebody, we was walking through the parking lot and there was, I was the only Chinese kid there. Everybody else was black. And <laughs> people was like, yo, noticed us from the schools. Like some, one of the kids had beef with, because it was like section. Like if you're from this section, if you're in this school, then we, so they were beefing in the school. And when we were walking to the movie theater, Somebody saw that one of the kids was in school. So when we got into the parking lot, you know, the car came around and just started shooting at us. 
Oh my fucking god, dude! Your life, bro. <laughs> like, holy yeah, I was shit! On, uh, it wasn't an Asian beef. It was a fucking you know. It was, it was, it was a bunch of. It was black. Uh, it was black people. Like you know, what I'm saying. And I was walking with them, and they started shooting. Boom, boom, boom. None of us had a gun. And I fucking ran behind a car and shit. You know, and I was like, I was just like, damn. <laughs> One of the kids got shot in the leg. You know what I'm saying? And we were like, we were kids. So I'm just looking at this shit like, fuck. <laughs> like, you know? So I'm looking at it like, damn, like life is like, it's just the value of life just wasn't really that expensive. That's fucking crazy, man. That is nuts. How old were you then? I was like 12. Um, Yeah, I was like, that happened right before I joined the gang. Oh my god, dude! Like, yo, I'm listening to this shit. My ass is sweating. Like, I'm literally right. just walking to the fucking movie theater, and then you get shot at, and it's like, and this is this. You know what the interesting is? Like, this is what I kind of want people to understand too. When sometimes people look at the value of somebody else's life, they only base it on the life that they got to live. Right. right. So we had a conversation earlier while I was talking about somebody that I know. And we were talking about Asian violence and stuff like that, like people being very violent towards Asian people. And a buddy of mine talked about, hey, you got to learn how to protect yourself. And the other guy was saying, well, what do I need a gun for? Why do I need a fight? It's like, I've never had to do it my whole life. It's well, because you didn't grow up in like your area. You know, right. these are these are luxuries that people have. Not everybody sees that same reality. Right. And so sometimes when I know it's very hard for people out there who have lived a very nice and cushy life. But when you see how other people live, you start to understand how they end up the way that they do. It's easy for somebody to say, well, you you just don't live in that neighborhood. Like, who, what the fuck the resources? <laughs> yeah. Like, how do I get up and leave? <laughs> yeah, you know? But these are like very simplistic uh, solutions that people have, right? I mean, when you grow up with a fucking silver spoon in your mouth, like, you know, you can get up and leave whenever you want. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But when you grow up, you know challenged you know and you you got to get you got to use whatever resources is given to you that's a little different yeah people don't understand like how it is like i didn't grow up like that bad and shit but you know because of the certain people around i got in trouble for shit that i didn't even do right before i left the college when i before i went to ucr which was like super easy to get in at the same time i didn't even apply they just took me in My, my grades were super bad my house got shut up because i just hung around the wrong people Right. And then that's just is what it is. But that's far fetched for a lot of people to say. It's like, well, you didn't. What did you do? I didn't do shit. <laughs> I was there. They saw right. my face. Well, you shouldn't have been hanging out with those people. Exactly. I was there. And then uh-huh. like these people I go to school with and shit. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. like, I'm like, these are just people I grew up with, you know, right. and I didn't know the dirt that they were fucking doing. And right. then we were, we were kicking it. Next thing you know, they followed me home. And they shot at my house. Right. What was what was so what happens here? You know? A lot of people don't live in those type of realities. That's why like when we talk about uh, standing up for yourself and kind of making it know that you can't be punked, it's very important because you have to be your first responder. Right. It's, it's the hardest thing to watch. I know, I know we're not talking about like some of these older Asian people, like they're going to, they're old, but when you see it, you should be able to help out. I think that's the hard part for me sometimes. Like when I see some of our, our elders get attacked and then I watch people just watch. That's the hard part. It's like, Yo, I, I went on my live yesterday. Mm-hmm. I was really pissed. And I said, you know, I said that, I said that, yo, I'm ashamed of being Chinese. Mm. 
because and I love being Chinese. I'm fucking my name is China Max, bro. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know? Like I'm proud of who I am, but the way like I saw this video yesterday where on my block on Bayard Street, a block that I grew up on, a person just sucker punched an Asian woman like unexpectedly, you know. And I saw like, you know, men on that street just didn't even fucking get up, bro. Mm. They didn't even get up. Shit pissing me off, bro. You know, to see that we would just allow some shit like that to happen. That's fucked up. And it's like, damn, bro, like, where the fuck is the the rage? Where the fuck is the anger? Like, like where is that? It's hard. It's hard to watch. Like, I actually just saw that video before you came here, you know, and uh, I think this is what I'm talking about where I I understand that a lot of people, you know, they're not going to be like maybe how I would handle the situation where I come up and I'm going to grab somebody and then fucking, you know, do some shit. I think the hard part is, is like you watch that and you see they just watch it, you know, and, you know, I think. You're really close to your mother. You see an older woman like that, it reminds you of your parents and what would happen to them when they just sit there and people watch and they do nothing. The hard part is, it's like, I don't know how to kind of translate this out to people. It's like, you don't have to do it how the way I would do it, right? But you have to do and say something. To watch it happen, it's hard, you know? And for us, it's like, what, what, what message do we need to get across to say, hey, when this stuff happens, you, we have to come together as a community and help each other out. It's hard watching those videos, you know? Yeah, I, I got you, man. You haven't cried in so long? Is this like one of those reasons for like, I mean, your voice is being really heard now in this community, right? And I think like... Is it though? I, I think it is though. Like, here's the thing. Here's, here's what I appreciate about you a lot, right? There are people in our community that are not like us, right? They have a depiction of what it is to speak up for things and the way that they do it. Right, but there are more. Pe- there are a lot more people that you realize that need your voice than those other people. Because there's a lot of people who'll do the whole, you know, like, hey, let's get on a stream together and talk about this type of stuff, right? But there's also people like you who speak up and say, hey, we do- we need to rally together and show strength in numbers. And your voice is very very important. It may not seem like it sometimes because you know some of these like cleaner celebrities go out there and they talk their bullshit about experiences that they don't know what it's like, right? But when you speak about your stuff. 
you do reach an audience that those people can't reach. It's like when I was younger and I was doing my videos, right? I wasn't the typical Asian kid that most people expected. And so I didn't get millions of views like everybody else did who did clean content, but I affected this, the small people who were there to listen. And that's what your platform is there for. Right. You reach an audience that they can't relate to those. <laughs> this is how I call it. I call myself a trash Asian. Right? Right. <laughs> I'm the trash Asian that connects to these other trash Asians because they aren't a part of that crowd. So that's where your voice is very, very important. You know, sometimes when they see this anger, they think like, oh, you're just angry just to be angry. It's like, no, 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 no. You you can deal with your situation how you see fit, and I'm going to deal with the way that I see fit because everybody deals with it differently. And so that's why your voice is important in this space as well, you know? Yeah. I, I feel like I'm drowned out. You know, I feel like... Uh, and I'm going to say this not to like toot my own horn, but just to like raise awareness to what we're talking about. There was no other Asian person, well, at least that I know of, talking about the attacks on Asian people before I said anything. You know, I, that I know of, right? Well, at least to do a fucking rally. I know I'm pretty positive within my time frame, this time frame, uh, I was the first person to to assemble a rally for uh, Asian attacks. When I did that, no other Asian people wanted to back me. You know, no Asian people, no other Asian person wanted to repost it, even in their story. You know, that's Eddie Wong. That's Aquafina. That's uh. That's Jeremy Lin. That's 88 Rising. All of them. That's dumbfounded. That's all of them. Nobody wanted to, you know, wanted to back that for whatever reason, you know? And I was upset at that because it's like, damn, y'all. Like, I understand if, like, you know, I'm not asking you to share my fucking music video, you know? Like, I'm asking you to share something that's affecting our people. You feel me? And it's like, damn, you know? Like, it's just really disheartening to see that, you know? And and I did it, did it without the backing of anybody. We did it. And, uh, you know... To see that when we were the first ones to do it, and then other people come after that, like several months after, once it becomes a like you know, Daniel Wu was the only person that that really backed it, you know. Uh, to see other people come step in afterwards, and just you know, kind of like they have like a cleaner cut <laughs> image and whatever, yeah. and then people just. You know, kind of like, all right, and then get me and whatever me and who all the people that were with me, what we did, we get slept under the rug, right? Nobody even talks about me or whatever happened. Nobody even like we. I, I don't get the credit. You know, other you, people get the credit. You know why? Is because it wasn't cool then, <laughs> right? It wasn't cool then. <laughs> it wasn't cool then, and. This, this is but it's okay for that. Like, I don't, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not like, you know, I'm not bitter about that. 
I really, I'm really not bitter about that. No, it sucks though. It still sucks. But it's just, (laughs) it's just like, you know, this is how, this is how, you know, we treat our own people that may be a little different, that, that may be different than us. But this is how we treat our own. Our own that would like, you know, these other Asian people that are talking and the, the people with more clean cut images, the people with more like following and more like money behind them, they're not willing to bleed in these streets. Yeah. I am. I was willing to bleed that day that I started the first rally. I was willing to bleed the second day. The rally in LA, I was ready to bleed. When I went to San Francisco, I knew that the shit could get crazy. I was ready to bleed. I don't think other people felt like, you know, like that it would get crazy. But in my mind, I thought it could get crazy. I was ready to bleed, go to jail. I was ready to do all that. You know, and I still am for 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 the good cause of our people, you know, because I bled and went to jail for <laughs> way yeah. less important shit. You know what I'm saying? And it's just. It's just like, you know, I don't feel like, I don't feel like it's appreciated, you know? I, I, I definitely understand where you're coming from, you know? I think the biggest differences between you and a lot of other people, you you act and behave out of how you feel, like here. A lot of the people that you listed and name, they're caricatures. They're not about that life. I've, I've, I've come to understand that too. There's a reason why my channel's not as much popping as everybody else's. You know, a lot of people are actually afraid to come on this podcast because of questions I ask. Right. Because they're expecting me to boost their fucking, you know, morale or whatever. But, you know, you know me, like we got no camera, man. This is just a camera, a mic, and we got drinks and we're breaking bread. That's about it. You know, the differences between those people that you named, they're so worried about who's going to come and take shit out of their pocket that they're going to wait for it to be popular first. Right. Right. It's, it's easy for them. Like, I've had people come on this podcast and they'll ask, like, hey, can I... These are like Asian people, right? And it's like, some I've known, they're like, yo, can we take this and that out of the podcast? I don't want... It's like, no, 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 no. This is not how this runs. I ask you at a time, is there anything you want to talk about? If you spoke about it, then, you know, stick with it. You know what I mean? Like, be real about stuff. Right. A lot of people are not like that, is what I'm starting to find out. They're so worried about pissing off an executive. They're so worried about somebody else that's going to take their paycheck away that they won't do things that are right simply because it makes them look bad. Right. right. Like, for example, like, like, and even when I talk about Asian films, like we mentioned Eddie Huang, right? I fucking hated Boogie. <laughs> and I've said that openly. I didn't think it was a good film. You know, I, I, most people won't even say that just because they're like, oh, well, you shouldn't say stuff about like people who are prime. I'm like, I'm, I still have an opinion. Doesn't mean I fucking hate Eddie Huang, but I'm still going to talk about the film the way I want to talk about right. it. You know, and that's, that's where sometimes people, I think people like me and you feel like we're drowned out, right? Because we don't play by certain rules. But I do want you to understand that even though they have their, their the, the young people that way, there's a huge crowd that needs your voice because they don't relate to those people. They 100% do not relate to them because they don't grow up like how you grew up. You, you speak to a people that needs your specific voice. It's very fucking important because they can't reach them. It's impossible because they're not about that fucking life. Right. Like I'm I'm super cool with like uh like my buddy Phil and Wes and they're part of this film crew called Wang Fu, right? But they're not a part of my crowd. They didn't grow up like the way I did, they didn't grow up with the people type of people I grew up. I fuck with them heavy, I like them, but my audience generally doesn't really fuck with them. 
right? But we both live in this space. That's how important your voice is. It's going to happen a lot. The clean cut people will always get the bigger corporate crowd, right? But there are people out there who are at that rally ready to support you, right? And it's there. Because if you didn't do that, nothing would have happened. It may right. not. Yo, yeah. you know what's crazy is like, there's a bunch of rallies, shitload of rallies going on. Nobody calls me, bro. Really? Nobody calls me. Like, you know, nobody reaches out to tell me to pull up and shit like that. You know what I'm saying? And um, it's okay. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't like, but it's just like, damn. <laughs> like, I just don't understand it. You know, and I went through that all my life. You know, you're, you're intimidating too. I, 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 I went through that all my life because Asian people like, you know, looked at me like I wasn't Asian enough. Mm-hmm. And I always hung around like black people, Spanish people, different types of people. And I always had to deal with that. But, you know, this isn't the first time I stood up for Asian people. Yeah. I used to stand up for Asian people all the time in prison, juvenile. Whenever there was Asian people, like, I always stood up with them, for them, even if they didn't speak English. Even if they looked at me like I wasn't really Chinese or if I wasn't really Asian, you know, I always stood up for them. I always will, you know, because it's not about, it's not about how they feel about me. It's about how we look to everybody else, you know. A lot of it's because, like, they have an idea of who they want to represent their group. And it's never going to be people like you. It's not going to be people like me. There's a bunch of like these these like fucking formal events I'm never invited to. And I'm one of the bigger names out there. Right. right. But once again, it's because this mold that they expect, because it's funny because they talk about it like, oh, Asian people aren't a monolith, meaning like we're not we're not just one type of way. But when you have these bigger platforms, they don't invite people like you. Right. They don't invite people like me because they're like, we don't fit into that certain mold. It's, it's, it's hypocrisy. It's it's really hypocrisy is what it is. Like, okay, well, they can't represent. But this is what I was talking about earlier, where people want to put you into a box and a hole. They they hear about your past story, your past life, and they go, right. why would we want China Mac around here? Right. It's like, well, you do need him. You do need him because you don't represent the people that he represents. And those people are people too. That's right. the hard part, right? They it's 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 weird how everybody is so outspoken about not judging people for kind of like their exterior and what you might perceive them to be, but we do it all the fucking time. And they time. do it the same. Yeah, right. <laughs> they do it They do it to people like you all the time, despite the fact that you've shown reform, the, the great things that you're doing right now. It may not be in the way that they want, right? Especially when I do these videos and I'm over here like, yo, fuck you, whatever, whatnot, come say shit, whatever. Most people, everybody's like, yo, that's dope, but there is that fat, their fat group that's like, you know, you shouldn't talk like that. You shouldn't say shit like that. Well, I'll do my shit the way I want to. You do your shit the way you want to, you know, and I'll affect my group the way I want and you affect your group. But we're still doing the same cause. Still the same thing. Right. You know? Right. You know, because I feel like you're you're doing great work. Like, it's 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 kind of crazy. Like, it's true. I didn't see anybody doing any rallies aside from you. Right. It's it's pretty nutty, <laughs> you know? And, and then now, you know, you got rallies every fucking week. <laughs> and people, like, just... They won't even. They won't. They won't. They won't even mention my name. Yeah, and it's cool. Uh, I'm not bitter about that. Like I said, but I'm actually done with the rallies. You yeah. know, I'm, 
And I said that yesterday in my live. The rallies aren't doing anything, but just like, you know, it's, it's not doing anything because the attacks are still happening, you know, and it's going to keep continue happening. So like, what the fuck are we rallying for? Like, are we rallying to like, you know, like people say my message is violent. My message is too aggressive. The people that are attacking us don't understand like, you know, logic. They don't understand, hey, let's talk about this. You know, they understand violence. You know. And 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 I just want to make it really clear. The people that are attacking these innocent women, elderly, grandparents, they're getting caught. I I, I don't I think there's probably like a one handful of people are not getting caught for these type of crimes people are getting caught but it's still happening the next day the same day you know so how can we talk to people that don't want to be talked to how can we talk to people that don't want to talk you know and that's what I learned in my environment can't talk to people that don't want to talk you know, when I was a kid, I was getting harassed daily in these group homes and institutions. I was getting my head smacked. I was getting toothpaste put into my hair. I was getting fucking pissed in my sneaker. I was getting punched. I was getting called every single name in the book. And I tried to talk, <laughs> but nobody, nobody wanted to talk until I started punching back. Until I started fighting back. Until I started. As soon as you say. King before you can even say Chong. My fist is in your mouth. You know what I mean. And that's when it stopped. That's when it was like. Alright. You know. So. We we can't reason with people. Who doesn't want to be reasoned with. We can only. You know. We can only like. Show them that we're not gonna take it. So that that's my that's my stance. Like you know, my stance is, hey, you know, there's a time for peace. There's a time for 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 uh for talking. You know, there's a time for for common sense. You know, and there's a time for violence. I I, I mean I I agree. You know, there are like for me, I'm I'm kind of like. You know, we're, and we're just to like clarify. I feel like what you're saying is there's situational shit. There's no one complete answer for every situation. Right. Right. Well, when, like I was saying earlier, when when things happen to you, right? Somebody comes up and they put their hands on you. You going up into a ball waiting for the cops to come will do absolutely nothing. I'm not calling for pure violence, but just like that, when I was a young kid and I used to get bullied, I made sure that I was the hardest person to bully, and right. it stopped because it's annoying. It's not, nobody wants to fuck with somebody that's always willing to fight back. Yo, listen, I'm not telling anybody to be violent, bro. But if you're going to fucking stand there and watch a fucking 50-year-old woman get punched and you don't do nothing, you're a fucking bitch. Yeah. I you're agree. a bitch. All of these fucking Asian blog sites that just keep on posting videos of us getting fucking hammered and fucking like 
and and beat the fuck up and doing nothing like like nothing else behind it y'all bitches you know like like i just see so much shit like people just trying to continue the division you know like i grew up around black people you know i've never really experienced hate from black people yeah i've experienced bullying from black people i've experienced you know stereotypes from black people like i experienced like shit like that but not hate you know and i've been around black people all my life yeah and what i see now is like these these blog sites black blog sites asian blog sites all types of different blog sites Everybody is pushing division. Everybody is pushing hate. I've, I'm seeing more hate now than I've ever seen in my life, you know, in terms of racial shit, you know. And um, I think all these sites that just keep on posting videos of us getting beat is just doing nothing but scaring our people and inviting other people to come with us do you agree this is how i feel i feel like since everybody's oh, I've, I've been calling it trauma porn like people are in, into trauma you know and they the more these videos right. have been rolling out the more this shit has been happening it's like okay if you're gonna highlight this stuff too right you got to show the opposite as well right where, where the, <laughs> like and, and all my asian where the fuck are the videos of us fighting back yeah where are these videos yeah. like I, I just i would get on my knees and beg y'all like you know, like where are all these videos, bro? Like, why is it just videos of us getting attacked and beat the fuck up and us just like holding our balls in our fucking hand? Like, 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 it's, it's really exhausting. It's really hard, bro. Like to see our people go like that, like to go out like that. Like, you know, like. I know a lot of us aren't grown up like that. We don't grow up like that, you know, but tough times require tough measures, you know, like we're, we're, we need to, we need to fig we need to realize that things are a little different now and we need to start adjusting how we are, you know, even something simple, like let's say things don't get violent. Right. But I, I've been watching these videos of people like accosting like Asian people. Right. And they say some shit and they just stand there. I was like, even something simple as like, yo, don't fucking call me a chink. Yo, no, that fuck that. That video yesterday, bro, when that dude just punched that Asian woman, there was like 10, 20 fucking Asian dudes yeah, that yeah, just yeah. sat there. Yeah. I'm talking I, about, I, I, yeah. Honestly, I want to go back to Chinatown. I want to smack every single fucking Asian person, every Chinese person, whoever was in that video that just sat there. I, I, I would smack them just as fast as I would fucking punch that dude that did that, like, like I'm just saying, like these videos just show that we're fucking weak. They show they welcome other people that are mentally unstable, that are looking for uh victims for opportunity. They're welcoming this shit to us, bro. Like it's it's like kind of like like your point of view is like they're showing this thing of like we can do what we want to you and you're not going to do anything about it and that's the hard part for me too you know like 
and I'm talking about situations that are like nonviolent, right? Like these videos where it's just somebody talking shit. It would be not like when because I've had this comment too where people are like, well, nobody's gonna walk up and just start fighting people. I was like, okay, cool. I'm not saying that every situation calls for that. I'm saying there's different situations for something. Problem is that when I see videos, I see interactions of like you just standing there and just taking it and not doing anything. That's where it's problematic for me. Something as simple, if it's, if it's a nonviolent situation, right? Something as you telling somebody, don't fucking call me a chink. That shows something, right? Because most people, if they're bitch made, they're not going to do anything else after that. But in yours, in that situation with that video, I agree with you. It was very hard to watch, to watch like six or seven people. This lady was, if you guys haven't seen this video, she was knocked out cold. And she was slumped against this pole, laying down, knocked out. And then that guy stood there. I mean, he was a crazy person, whatever, that's fine. But the fact that they just stood there and watched him and they didn't do anything, it was it was so disheartening for me. It's hard to watch. It's, it's really hard to watch. And like I'm saying, there is there is no like general real solution all the time. I can't tell you what to do. But in my situation, I don't think I'd be able just to watch that and do nothing. Like it's hard. I, how can you watch that happen? It's it's difficult, you know? So I so I I completely get it. I would have tackled them. Something. I would have ran. I would have. And, 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 and the thing is like, you know, we, we, we're not a community no more. Like we just think about like ourselves and shit, you know? Like, damn, you know. I have a family to go to, go home to, you know, I don't want to get arrested. I don't want to get in trouble. You know, like that happened to her. Like, you know, I got to mind my business. Well, let me tell you this. That happened to her on that block, you know, and you didn't do anything. We didn't do anything. That invites other people to come. So now next time it might be your wife. That's walking down that street and somebody just wants to punch her because they saw that video where you just didn't do anything. And they're like, we ain't going to do anything anyway. So let me just take my frustration out on some random women. You know what I'm saying? And the more we see that we're just like not doing anything about it, the more it's going to happen. And let me tell you this. These Asian attacks are not going to stop. No time soon. You know, people be like, oh, well, 9-11, the Muslims, the Muslim people had it bad. You know, there was a lot of attacks on them and they had, and it went, you know. Yeah, well, Afghanistan didn't, like, pose as much of a threat as China does to America. You know, so I don't think that threat is going to stop anytime soon. And as long as that threat is, like, there... There is going to be an anti-Chinese sentiment in our country. And people don't know how to differentiate Chinese from Korean, Japanese. We're all the same. We're all the same. And uh, we, we have to start. We have to start changing some of this shit. You know? I mean, so for you... What is something that you would tell like people? What's like the next step for them? Like, because for me, the thing that I've always been kind of putting out is I don't dislike activism online. Like, that's cool. That's one way to start. But saying something versus doing something is completely different. Yeah. You, can, you can give lip service as much as you want. But when it comes down to it, like in those videos, that's where it becomes problematic, right? Like, you got to. You got to really like stand up for yourself and really do that. Like I say, 
words are fine. Action is way more important. Right. You know, whether you guys want to figure out in whatever way that you want, like I said, you don't, if somebody asked me, what would you have done in that situation? I could probably guarantee you a hundred percent. I probably would have socked that dude upside his head, you know, and that's not me just saying it, whatever. I can't watch uh, a woman who looks like my mother get hit and then not do something. I've, it's just not possible. Not in me. Right. So I would say number one, um, Number one, have a conversation with yourself and understand that, you know, we're under attack, you know. Um, Number two, I would say to make the decision to get your body in shape, you know, to have confidence in your ability to, to, to to fight, to use your body. You know, uh, and once that confidence comes in our ability, then you know we're more. It's it's easier for us to stand up for certain things. You know, so I think those are the first two major steps. Start preparing for altercations, and I'm not telling anybody to like just go out there and like. Be a, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you know be a batman or anything yeah. like that but or or like start fighting everybody for but we do have to prepare right like times of of you know just us just being able to just you know the savior mentality is gone now right basically like nobody's right. gonna come and save you. nobody's gonna save you you know you have to be the savior for you for your family and for your community you know and we have to start looking at that. And I feel like this is something that we all have to start doing. And I think you just take those first two steps. Things will start changing. Yeah. Cool, man. Well, uh, yeah, thanks for coming through, man. This was a uh, really super enlightening. I'm, I'm so glad you came through. Everybody has been wanting you to be on this podcast. Right. You know, uh, like one of my biggest goals, I think when I have conversation and break bread, I don't really have an agenda, but uh I love the fact that you're on the space, man. Like I, I can't stop repeating that enough. That's why when you when you said you were going to quit music, it, it was disheartening for me, you know, because when I see people who I personally can relate to a lot, I need you guys on these spaces, right? right? Because there's, like I said, there's a community out there that needs your voice, whether people agree or disagree with us or not. There is a space for us to be here, you right. know. Um, it may not see, be in the biggest numbers ever. But the people that you do affect individually, it really does fucking matter. There's only, that's the only reason why I've been doing this for 11 years now. Is If I didn't affect the people that I affected, then I wouldn't be doing this for that long. Right. There's absolutely no fucking way. You know, so you know, thank you for coming through. Like, Tell everybody where they can find you. Uh, you could find me on Instagram, China Mac. Uh, YouTube, China Mac TV. My website is ChinaMacOnline.com. Um, and yeah, that's where you can find me. And check him out. Uh, if you want to support him, you can go ahead and uh, buy his music directly, all of his merch and everything else like that. Make sure you uh, cop that shit, support your favorite artist, and we'll see y'all next time. Peace.